Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith, it is a joy to be with you today. This weekend here at St. Paul, we are celebrating the Ascension of our Lord. This moment after Jesus' death and resurrection, after he spent time with his friends, and then he went up to the sky and left us, God's people, in charge. It is also here, just days after the tragedy at the school in Uvalde, Texas, So these words of mine you will hear are informed by both of these moments. In our scripture reading from the first chapter of Acts, we hear Jesus reminding his followers and us of our important mission to go out to be witnesses and to live out God's love to all those who surround us, a mission of hope needed so much in a world full of such heartbreak as ours right now. So hear these words where Luke writes of Jesus' ascension from the book of Acts, chapter 1. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven 
after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, Jesus said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the time or period that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, Jesus was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, People of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So here now, some thoughts on this reading from Acts. Almost 20 years ago, I spent a year in Moscow, Russia. I've talked about it before. But when I was there, I would often go down to Red Square in the center of Moscow, this great kind of place of tourists and others who would come to see the beautiful architecture, visit Lenin's tomb and the Kremlin, this beautiful old shopping mall, and mostly because of St. Basil's Cathedral, this beautiful Orthodox church right in the center of Moscow. You've seen it, I know, with its colorful golden domes, multicolored and beautiful and majestic and glorious, a church like none other in this world. It was a beautiful place to be, and I would go to look at the cathedral, to watch people, and truth told, I'd also go because there was a little vendor who would sell English language DVDs that were pirated, (laughs) but don't tell anyone. Um, uh, It was a beautiful place to go, again, for the cathedral the people around us. It was crowded with tourists many times and also with many beggars who would sit on the sides of this big square, little cups and cardboard signs asking for money. And I remember one day being there at the Red Square and looking at the cathedral and watching people and there was a tourist with a big camera. It was before we had cameras on our phones. And uh, he was just, his eyes were like stuck through that viewfinder trying to get this perfect shot of the glistening, beautiful, colorful domes against a blue, sunny sky. He was moving all over, trying to get this perfect shot, unaware of anything or anyone around him. Many of us were kind of jostling to try to get out of his way, but there's an old woman on the ground with her little metal cup and her sign sitting nearby, and he didn't see her. So he tripped, knocked over her cup, fell over her, and many of us kind of came and tried to help him up and help her They were fine, but this woman was so angry, rightfully so, and started yelling at him in very fast Russian, none of which I understood, um, but which I assumed was something like, 
Why are you not paying attention to these people around you? Why are you looking up and missing those of us right here? Why didn't you see me? What are you doing just staring up at those domes and missing me? I think of that moment in Red Square as I read that story from the ascension of Jesus, especially the version from Acts. When Jesus went up and away into heaven, Jesus had just told them this terrifying and great news that they would be his witnesses, beginning in Jerusalem and to every corner, to the ends of the earth. And as Jesus was lifted up, they were dumbstruck, staring up at the sky. And as they were staring, some men in white robes came and said to them, people of Galilee, why do you stand there looking up? At heaven. And while that question might have been rhetorical, I do wonder what they were thinking as they stood there looking up when they had this charge, this blessing, this opportunity, this invitation to go to spread God's word in this world. Why were they? Maybe those disciples were in awe, caught up in the wonder of that moment full of reverence for this man who was their teacher and friend, their hope, who died this terrible death and rose again, spent all this time with them talking about the scriptures, explaining their role in the world, and then was lifted up to the heavens. Maybe they stood in glory, at the glory and the praise, awe of God. But maybe they just simply stood in their grief, so sad at the loss of this friend, wondering how they could make one step forward in the world without him by their side. Or maybe they were terrified, terrified to go out and do the work of Jesus that got their friend Jesus killed. Or maybe they were terrified. Maybe they too were worried that they weren't qualified or good enough or new enough or capable enough to do this thing that Jesus asked them to do. Better to stay there gazing up at heaven than to risk failure or embarrassment or shame or confrontation or death. Whatever it is, I get it. I get those disciples standing there staring up at heaven frozen in that place because there have been many times when I too have stood frozen, unsure what to do, how to live. This week I have felt particularly this way. It has been a week of such tragedy with what happened at the school in Uvalde, Texas, followed by what happened in Buffalo, New York. Too many weeks and months and years of too many deaths by gun violence. And that's just what we carry as a nation. There are so many other heartbreaks and traumas and fears that face our own families or communities, so many other corners of this world haunted by violence and death. Feels so much like too much. We are grieving, we're angry, we're afraid. Too much already. And if those angels were to ask us, why are you standing there staring up at heaven. Maybe we could just say we're standing here because we're not sure what else to do but to turn to God in our sorrow, our grief for children and teachers and 
police officers and first responders who see this too much, for families and for parents and communities of color in this country. We're standing here turning to God in our grief and our sorrow, trusting that we are held by God. We take this time to lament, to mourn, to weep, to simply stand in the presence of God, our God of such glory, whose love triumphed over death and all evil, and yet who knows the reality of sorrow, who weeps right along with us in the face of such horrible loss. But sometimes we remain standing here because we are stuck, immobilized. Maybe we're standing here because we're blaming God for these things that have happened, even though it's entirely a man-made problem. Maybe we stand paralyzed in fear. Maybe we're immobilized by despair. Or maybe we're standing here because we feel powerless to the forces that seem to wreak havoc in our world. Stand here feeling like there's no difference that any one of us can make. But my friends, we cannot simply stand here gazing up at heaven. On that ascension day so long ago, Jesus blessed his friends and said, go, go, be my witnesses beginning here and to the ends of this earth. We can't do that if we don't move, if we don't act, if we don't love. But Jesus blesses them. And I hear in this passage from Scripture three blessings for each one of us to help us shake us from our apathy and immobilization, to shake us from standing in fear or despair or worry or grief, to move with new courage in this world for action in the spirit of hope. The first blessing that Jesus gives is this. We are not powerless. Jesus says, I give you power, my power, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God at work inside us to move us and give us energy, to enliven us, to move us when we are weary. Power is the ability to get things done, to make stuff happen. And each of us has that. We can use whatever influence we have and use whatever gifts we've been given to do something, even if it's small, to make this a better and safer world. So work in, among your people with your own gifts and skills. Maybe you can become a bridge to bridge those gaps between our polarized ideologies and actually make some change. Use your gifts or skills or art or influence or prayers or talents or ability to make a phone call. There are countless ways that each of us can act, and together we have power. Just don't let anyone convince you that you can't do anything. When we believe we are powerless, we deny the Spirit's presence in our lives and in this world. The thing is that God has this plan for bringing about God's way of love in this world. It starts with Jesus. Well, it started well before Jesus. Jesus was part of that, coming down into this world, teaching and living and working in Palestine to live and be, heal and teach. 
He died and rose again, conquering death and all forces of evil, and then ascended to heaven. But it didn't stop there. That would have been enough. But then God's plan continued to unleash the life-saving and world-changing power of God's love into this world through us. Jesus ascended and passed that baton of, to us, God's people, the church. It is up to us now. We are the answer to our prayers, and we are not powerless. The second blessing that God gives us is that we are not alone. We have each other. Together, the Church of Christ has and will continue to do amazing things in this world. But there's even more. Jesus is here with us, too. When Jesus ascended to heaven, Jesus didn't just leave us alone to make our own way in the world. Jesus just shows up for us in different ways. We can find Jesus not by gazing up at the sky, not by focusing our camera lens on those dazzling domes. No, the angels said, why are you looking up to heaven? Jesus, who has been taken up from you, will come in the same way you saw him go. And how did Jesus go? Jesus started on earth, down below, in a manger. So my teacher, Vitor Vestale, wrote, Jesus came the glory from below. It's down, from down below that Jesus comes. Don't look into heaven. It's from down below that glory emerges. Don't gaze up, look down. Look down where life is broken. Down there in the troubles of our days lies glory, as much as it once was found, lying in a manger in the midst of a smelly barn. We will find the glory of God all around us. The way we will live this out, this wild and beautiful plan of God's to bring about God's way of love in this world is to shift our gaze from the sky and pull it down to the people all around us, the ones who are hurting and heartbroken, who are terrified and at risk, the grandmothers begging, or neighborhoods where gun violence is a daily occurrence, police officers even more threatened, children in schools. These are the ones we've been given to love, the ones who will partner with us in bringing about God's way in this world. And it is from those two promises that we can discover and claim the third blessing that Jesus gives, that there is hope. There is a new way being brought about, life and goodness coming into this world. The way out of despair is by claiming our relationships with one another and living it out in action. God has given us both through the Spirit power and community. The way we can move from our feeling of hopelessness is to act and to join with others. It's true in every issue, every problem, every challenge we face. Hope happens when we find others to work alongside us and when we act together for good in alignment with our values. We can live that hope now and for all things of this world that bring danger or heartbreak or suffering 
or the diminishment of God's people. God will keep bringing life into this world and healing, breaking into the shadows with light. We can trust this, and we get to live it together. Just think about it. We are here now because those first followers of Jesus didn't just stand there on that mountaintop on the other side of the world with their heads gazing up to heaven. We are here in Davenport, Iowa, 2,000 years later, because those people and so many others claimed the Spirit's power in their lives, joined with others as witnesses, risked everything, and worked together to make God's love known in this world. So let's follow them with our own courage to bear witness. We cannot stand here simply and stare at heaven. We cannot be like that tourist and not see those among us, around us, who bear the image of Christ right around us, begging for safety, for flourishing, for life. Instead, we can claim the Spirit's claim on our lives, power in us, and join with others to make God's love known. So on this day, as we remember that ascension, that Jesus has handed us the baton, it's up to us. We are the answer to our prayers. But Jesus has blessed us in this life and work. We are not powerless, we are not alone, and we are not hopeless. Jesus has ascended into heaven and is here with us, in us, and loving this world through us. Amen.
Now we turn to God in prayer, saying those words Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the blessing of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, surround and sustain you, keep you from harm, and fill you with courage as you turn your eyes to those around you and as you let the Spirit move you in bold acts of love. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.